Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, I've got three awesome guys from Infinite Outdoors. And we actually did this recording right there on a property that we hunted through the Infinite Outdoors app. And we're going to dive deep into what the app offers, how it can be used by anybody, whether it's somebody local that just needs a place to hunt for the day or somebody coming from out of state who's doing a a week-long or a two-week-long big game hunt. And it really is a cool app and a cool software and a great idea. Um, The fact that nobody had thought of this even sooner uh, kind of blows my mind. But it, it, it pairs you as a hunter with landowners who want to do day leases and short-term leases. And so we actually recorded this on the tailgate. I apologize ahead of time. We did have a little bit of wind and this was our first recording using the new equipment outside, but it's a great episode. So let's jump into it. You're listening to The Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there we just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. All right, guys, welcome to today's show and on the show with me. This is the first tailgate podcast I've done, by the way, so I'm pretty pumped about it. But We're honored. Yeah. yeah. I've got a bunch of guys from Infinite Outdoors here. We came out to a hunting property in Colorado on the Front Range, and it's a pretty sweet setup, so we're going to dive into how that all works out. But before we do, let's go around and introduce ourselves, maybe a little bit of hunting history or how you're connected with this whole group. Yeah, Um so my name's Sam Seaton. I'm uh, one of the co-founders and CEO of Infinite Outdoors. Um, been hunting my whole life. Grew up on a uh, ranch in central Colorado and kind of how we got into the outdoors and um, all the hunting and fishing and then, um, you know, connect with the rest of the crew starting in, at Colorado School of Mines in college. Yeah, I'm Michael Maroney uh, from Colorado. Kind of been hunting here in Kansas my whole life. Uh the marketing director and one of our biologists on staff um, started with these guys uh, six months ago or so kind of came from a background in restoration and uh, wanted to do something a little different so uh, it's got a pretty cool opportunity here and yeah it's been great sweet yeah and I'm David Ryan I'm the CTO and co-founder got started when Sam approached me with the idea Um, it's pretty sweet got to do software engineering and apply it to something pretty cool that I've always loved doing so it's been good yeah that's sweet I mean you guys definitely found a market here uh Sam you and I were talking about it earlier how it all came about um but basically why don't you give a a quick rundown of what infinite outdoors is the services it offers and kind of who who can all benefit from this yeah um well yeah I'll start with just kind of how the initial idea came and then I'll build into that. But, uh, 
so background to me, like I said, I grew up on a on a ranch in central Colorado, um, hunting and fishing. But throughout that time, we ended up, you know, leasing out to different different outfitters, different groups like that. And I always always hated that because we obviously wanted to make some income as as a landowner, but as a sportsman too. I'm like, well, this is kind of dumb. We just sold away all of our rights to our own property. Um, so that's kind of where the initial frustration started to that for a year. Had a really bad experience. I kept growing as an outdoorsman. Got into uh, college at uh, Colorado School of Mines with with David. Continued to hunt. But then at that time, had lots of buddies out in eastern Colorado that kind of were having the, the same sort of issues. They um, they personally didn't really didn't hunt too much. Some of them did. Some didn't. Like, you know, once or twice a year, they still want to be able to go out and, and use their land. But they're leasing out um, to these outfitters. They weren't weren't uh you know taking into any sort of conservation uh approaches just blowing out the land they're losing all of their uh all of their control of their property so i was like i'm like hey guys just let just continue to let me keep hunting like you already are uh i'll throw together some you know kind of like a little hunting club almost with people that i trust and and i'll, I'll vet some people we'll let them do some day hunts you keep full control and you want to hunt let me know i'll make sure nobody's out there and and i guess they just weren't used to people really taking care of them so they referred to a few of their buddies and a few more of their buddies and it kept uh kept growing to the point where i was like well shoot there's there's actually something something here we need to do this more than just pheasant hunting on the eastern plains and there's something to be said about this people want this this daily access to to private land for do-it-yourself opportunities and and the landowners they they want to be able to control their you know still make money but uh maintain control of their land and that's that's when we approached uh approached david and and ryan another one of our um another one of our developers and like like let's let's make this streamline let's get this tech backed and and uh and get this big and so so essentially what our platform is is it allows allows uh hunters and fishermen to day lease um or short-term lease properties directly from the landowners for everything from small game to to elk and deer and and everything you can imagine so gives them gives them all the control gets some better prices on it and it still takes care of the landowners and allows them to make a uh, um, larger margins and it's all easily managed from a uh, mobile app that we've developed man that's so sweet because i mean i know in looking at hunting out west especially coming from the midwest or even people from the east it can be pretty intimidating. Like, man, we don't know where the animals are. And then trying to get access. Like, you, you can't just come out here for two weeks and knock on doors and try to find somewhere to hunt. And then the alternative is going with a guide, and they charge insane prices. And so to to eliminate that, especially for people who, like me, like to do the DIY stuff, you know, you don't want somebody doing the entire hunt for you, and you just show up and pull the trigger. That's just not nearly as fun right. for, for me. There's there's definitely the market for it, but this eliminates a lot of those problems that you know a lot of people have frustrations with. Yeah, so, gets you same same quality of land as you would be on if you're outfitted. Only you don't need someone holding your hand. And yeah, <laughs> there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah, that's really sweet. And then you said you're the, one of the biologists. Yeah. And so what does that look like? I mean, when you guys go to find properties. Uh, are you coming out and surveying and making sure that it's actually a place that people are going to want to come and hunt? Yeah, we can do that kind of two ways. One of those is like a, a pre-consultation kind of thing. So we go out, a landowner's interested. We can go out, take a look at their property, see 
what it would do just as is, you know, what, how many hunts we could sell, what type of hunts we can sell, things like that. Um, and kind of how they could profit on it. And then also what they can do, you know, little things here and there, whether it's clearing brush, food plots, if they want to do some sort of stream, uh, improvements, things like that for fishing properties, um, or digging ponds, things like that. So we can, uh, take it a step further and, and kind of do some sort of consultation of how, how they can improve it. You know, if there's right now they're selling two deer hunts a year, they put a food plot in here, do this, we can sell maybe four or five in the coming years. And also just, it, it allows us to manage the properties. So they're not getting over hunted. They're not doing things like that, limiting days. So that each person that goes out, each group has a good successful hunt, hopefully, or at least not overcrowded yeah. or over hunted at least. Yeah, that's cool. And then as as a developer, I mean, that's got to be a pretty big undertaking. Obviously, if you're writing code and stuff already, you understand that. But to have a streamlined platform where people can, at the click of a button, reserve a spot. And then like this morning, I got to experience it firsthand, you know, with the invite. I can click on Google Maps or Apple Maps, and it gives me the, the exact coordinates to where I go. And then from there in the description from the landowner, it actually said, hey, a half mile up the road, there's a gate, you turn left, you punch this code in, you go through the gate, and then it's actually like a dotted line that takes you right to the parking lot. There's signs and everything. And so what did that look like trying to yeah. develop all of that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for us, it's just it's just all about trying to design like as frictionless, uh, as frictionless you know, process as possible. So all of it just like focused on the hunting and fishing, making everything else as easy as possible. So the booking... And the invites, you know, you go in, you one time make a membership, um, you fill out the application and go through all that. And then from there, you just, you know, you're two clicks away from hunting each time. And so um, that's what really what we focus on is, you know, user experience and on both sides, both with the hunters, the hunters and the anglers and just making it as easy as possible. And then with the landowners, just making that a very reliable and, you know, safe experience for them. So, yeah, that's sweet. So you guys, you started out small, you saw a need, you saw a problem and you figured out how to fix it. What has it grown to now? I mean, how many different properties and how much acreage do people have access to through the app? Yeah, it's a, <coughs> excuse me. Um, it's, it's been growing like crazy. There's been great reception. So we've, we've only, we only launched a little over two years ago and we already have almost a half a million acres of, of land on there. And, um, you know, getting closer and closer to 200 separate properties already, and this is just two years into it, um, and thousands of users and, and app downloads. So it's uh, it's really been really been pretty awesome, and we've finally been um, been able to expand to other states. We're already getting into, I think we're in what six states now. Yeah. Is that? Um, and planning to go nationwide within the next few years. So it's it's been great. So we love that people like what we're doing, and um, I think it really. I think the biggest key to our success is we, we started with with honest intentions is all out of an actual issue, wanting to help being, you know, some of the few people like David's family has a has a ranch too. Like having like you're not gonna find many developers that grew up hunting on their own ranch and and then myself growing up on a ranch, both being, you know, I mean nerds for lack of better uh, <laughs> better term that could actually tie it all together. So it just was lucky. We created something that truly was solving an, a need that was there. Not it wasn't like we're just sitting around when they were like, "Hey, I know how we could make a ton of money." Because that's unfortunately that's not how this works. The landowners do well, and it gives a good break for the hunters. And uh, and then at the end of the day, if everything works out great, it finally gets passed on to us. Yeah, that's cool. And I mean, hearing because. I was invited out here with you guys. Um, the booking process, I wasn't a huge part of, but Alec, one of the team members, 
he was like, hey, just a heads up, because of the dates that you're coming out, we can't actually hunt in Wyoming. We'll do it in Colorado. I was like, hey, if we need to reschedule, we can. He's like, honestly, it's two clicks, and we're in Colorado hunting. And I was like, no way, that's awesome. (laughs) And so to see that, I mean, even if plans change, if you have to cancel out on something and then book something new, the fact that it's that easy for people, especially out of state, you know, things come up, weather changes, whatever might come up, you can actually just hop on and do it again. Um, as far as like you guys hunting, how often do you guys come out and do these hunts and what kind of species have you hunted for? Man, we get out, uh, well, this time of year, we're pretty busy with with waterfowl. You know, a lot of our properties are getting hunted, which is good. So, um, I think the big game, we're all, it was kind of hard to find somebody in September because we were all out doing different things. It seems like, so we're all definitely avid avid hunters i know sam killed a real well two really nice bulls and uh i archery hunted a bunch david you're going what a couple weeks or something yeah headed out a week of thanksgiving we've got uh an alfalfa farm out in oregon so i go out there and uh hopefully fill the freezer but uh yeah 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 it's definitely a balancing act because we this our busy time of year and we all work insane hours but we're all still passionate about it. the reason why we can provide a good service is because we walk the walk too like we we love this and understand hunting and fishing so it's a it's always interesting who's covering who and getting our our vacation coverage because you know at any given time someone's doing something extravagant and you know got another couple of our team members are heading out right after this to go go on a going to oklahoma for for yeah, a deer hunt hunt, hunt on, on infant outdoors property so it's always just trying to go and I mean that's that's the beauty too of the the new world is we can get a lot done from a computer. I mean half our app was built from inside David's van as he's driving <laughs> around the country when he's when when we convinced him like, hey, you want to make a hundred thousand dollars less and build out this whole app? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I guess I'll live in my van for a year. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's all it's a it's a balancing act, but that ability to be remote and stuff helps us run this company well. Still um, enjoy our passions and get out in the field a lot. So it sounds like you guys need to find a whole crew of team members that are okay with hunting but don't hunt themselves. <laughs> so then you can just <laughs> walk away, part. check yeah. out the entire fall, yeah. and then come back to a, a flowing business. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like being a hunting or fishing guide, and you're like, wait, I don't get to do that for myself anymore. But we, we do a pretty good job. I think uh, you hunt a little closer to home, maybe not you know as far as far away as you used to, but that's what's nice. And, and we have, you know, luckily we found the ability and we found this pretty sweet app that David built that we can jump on and, and, and find somewhere to hunt if we have to. But, um, yeah, definitely, uh, I'll get out there quite a bit. That's cool. What do you guys have like a criteria as far as like the size of property? Does it have to be 40 acres or more? Or like, as far as landowners go, if somebody wanted to hop on the app or become a part of it, um, and start leasing out their property. What does that look like? Yeah. So we, there, there is like some criteria. It's, it, it's, I mean, it's so diverse since we cater to small game hunting, fishing, big game hunting. So most properties have something that they're, they're good at. We won't let a landowner list something if it's not quality, like, you know, like the duck property we just did. We're not going to let that go up as an elk property, you yeah. know, or as, uh, uh, or, trout fishing when it's down in the lowland there's nothing there so that's why we don't just let landowners that's why we're not as willy-nilly as say something like airbnb or another one like that there there's a little more of a hands-on approach they have to reach out to us for a consultation request and that's when they um when one of the team members will take it and then you 
and then one of the biologists like Michael will then go and and actually determine one if that property is has a game that's that's viable and then if it meets our quality criteria and then it goes to the next steps and and determine there so, so there's no like set minimum acreage it just needs to be something capable of producing quality experience for the for the hunter or fisherman yeah, yeah. that's that's smart because obviously if people are coming out here and they're like man i took two weeks off of work to come elk hunt and then they show up and it's like a swamp land with no elk that would <laughs> <Right>. suck <laughs> yeah it's also nice too to be able to like have that conservation aspect and and we can look at a property and somebody's like you know i think i could sell 10 deer hunts and we're like well you could but there's only going to be three successful deer hunters you know and be yeah. like listen we can the more quality deer that you you take off a property the better you know the better quality the hunt is and you get a better repertoire with our customers and things like that so then you know that builds on year after year and we can get you know build that rapport so that's also also really nice and you know, landowners like the fact that they can come out and they can look at the calendar. If they got family coming out to hunt, say, third season rifle in Colorado, they can block that all off. Their family can go hunt. It's not like there's no issue to us, you know, so we, we won't sell a hunt that week and they can do it at the beginning of the year or whatever. And, and then, uh, yeah, we'll carry on yeah. after that. So as long as long As long as they're staying within the harvest quotas that, like, yeah. Michael helped send. So we do it, we do it a little backwards in most places. We won't... We won't, uh, they can do whatever they want with the land. We just might say the most you can have is X number of hunters. Those yeah. can be them, their family, whatever, or, or sold hunts. But we just need to make sure that it's, that that quality stand there. And that's the only restriction outside of that. It's still their land. There's no lease between them and us. It's between them and the user. And we're just here to make sure everything's quality and provide the best interaction for both. Nice. Yeah. So you just make that connection between the two. And then they have full control over it at that point. Yeah. And like our waterfowl, like waterfowl properties, most of them we only hunt three days a week just to let them rest. So that, like I said earlier, everybody that, you know, when you come out, it's not like it's been hunted the last five days and there's no birds around, you know, it kind of helps keep that, that quality up. So, yeah. Is there on the, on the back end of a hunt, say I were to come out and hunt, do I go and leave a review or I can say like, Hey, I had a successful hunt put a rating on it so that people when they go to book a hunt they can see actually how many people are successful the types of animals they're seeing things like that yeah so uh so yes and no so there is so you'll get an email here in the next couple days to review your hunt it states everything from your experience with the mobile app to lets you raise any concerns for our biologists and then just your overall satisfaction and whatnot um so that, that comes every single time. We use that internally. We pass that on to the landowners. We help make our management objectives there. And then if people reach out to our team, then we provide what's going good. Um, we don't have open reviews for everybody just because I'm sure you know this as, as an outdoorsman. If you have a really good experience, you're not going to immediately go on a platform and be like, yeah. oh, this is awesome, five stars. <laughs> you're telling you're more, everyone you're, where you want to come back. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You're more likely to just be like one star, one star, one star, just sandbag, and then you just book it up every single time for yourself. So that's that's why we have both. We still gather that information. We incentivize people by giving them a discount on their next reservation if they leave pictures um, so that we can use that for marketing, show that it was good. But, uh, but that's why we kind of have that tiered so we can actually – figure out how good it is, address the real problems, and don't let uh, outdoorsmen sandbag it for each other. That, it's really funny because being out here, like in the Midwest, I don't know if it's just people 
aren't aren't as protective of the properties but it's like oh dude where'd you kill that oh i killed it in this county on this property off county road here and (laughs) out here it's just like oh man what unit do you hunt oh we've been hunting this unit for 16 years it really sucks yeah and it's like oh okay so that makes perfect sense that you know you don't want those people and then i'm sure on the flip side you probably get people who come out and they might be great hunters but it's bad weather conditions and all of a sudden they leave a bad review about it even though it's a great spot to hunt but they just might suck at hunting like today i was like i bet we would have killed a lot more birds had i been a decent caller i'm like (laughs) wailing on the call and birds are like hell no i'm not dropping in there yeah it is very dependent and so it's kind of hard but it's also really good information for us on the back end you know we get people that are new to the app or new to our platform and they're like hey i don't know where should i go and we can look and see you know what has been the most successful if we you know because we want everyone to have a good experience and um, all of our properties are great but it's also so nice to see where like for waterfowl where the birds are moving we can send them in the right direction and and see what's where they should go so do you guys offer like an elite membership if i wanted to find out which properties they did kill big bulls and bucks on and then i can just pay you guys a little bit and start booking those <laughs> properties only we haven't yet maybe we should we've, yeah. been, we, we've, we've been fair to everybody at this point but uh, <laughs> maybe we yeah. should turn it out to the highest bidder yeah, Maybe. So I, I need to get in, I, I need to get in tight with the developer yeah, right? yeah, okay, so me some this. he's got the inside scoop for you yeah. <laughs> yeah that's cool what uh what states are you guys trying to reach out to next or branch out to you um so we want to saturate more of uh nebraska we've our properties in oklahoma have already had had great success so i think we want to continue kind of in there probably start going into texas and then Idaho and Utah, that's probably our, our next six-month yeah. focus. I would plan on people seeing a lot of new properties popping up in, in those areas, and then uh, and then we'll just keep branching out from there. Yeah, we always we always joke that we started in the two hardest states, Colorado and Wyoming, in terms of big game anyways, because, you know, the draw is a little bit harder here and everything like that. So a lot of interest, but not always easy to, to get a tag. So I think that'll be – it's always nice to go to these other states where it's, uh, I guess, less people hunting and – a few more animals so do you see a lot of oh well actually here's a good question because colorado you know there's the public and then private land tags that you get um how does that work managing that with landowners i mean because you can't just get an over-the-counter tag and go hunt a private unit can you or a private land chunk in a public unit you you can so so the the unit wide ones are are valid everywhere now there's the other classification is there's private land only, and those aren't good on yeah. on, on public. Okay. So, so anybody that drew in the regular draw on a unit wide tag, they're they're able to hunt any of these uh, private properties as long as in, it's in the right unit. Okay. Now Colorado is unique in that it has um, landowner vouchers, so the landowners can put in and apply, and they get ten percent of the overall state's allocation for them to then. Um, sell to other individuals so so we do we do have our our uh director of operations sam bruner he he's listed as what's called the designated land manager for a bunch of our properties as well so that he can help um fill out their landowner applications and 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 get these people tags if they can't draw um but that's that's not our, our main focus that's more of a service after the fact like you you still pay for your access and then if you need a landowner voucher, that has to directly be done with the landowner. It's not something that we ever take a take a cut on or anything there, but it it allow it's another way to get a tag without having to go through the traditional draw. Nice, man. This just I mean, you guys have been doing this for a while, but as you talk, I'm like, 
they really covered everything. Like, <laughs> this is a sweet, sweet system. Uh, what what kind of success have you guys seen or, like, maybe uh, an awesome success story of either you using it and, and going out and shooting something or hearing about it secondhand after a hunt? Yeah, I mean, shoot, just, just countless ones. It's it's always fun in our in our, our weekly operations meeting when we see all the reviews come through and we and, and we look at them and we can see all the people that are super pumped up and they got like a you know, six man limited ducks or whatever, or they just got their uh got their first antelope. Um so so I mean we I mean countless of those and then and then from a personal perspective, um I use it a lot. We haven't really touched on this yet, but we also have all of the all the public land data for the country is also included in your app. That's just the background. You can put on that filter, you all your trail system. And we have 3D maps. And our imagery is far better than, than most of the other uh, mapping apps. So so this year I, I got two really nice bulls and a and a really nice buck. Um, and they were actually all on private or on public. And that was just from using our app and going in 3D mode, finding these these honey holes and I, I work a ton, so I've only I've only taken like I only took four days off to get those those three animals all in Dang. public, and that was just from using our app, getting really good e scouting. That resulted in a you know a one seventy buck, a three hundred and seven inch bull, and then a three hundred and fifty seven inch bull, all on just just from learning how to e scout and getting that extra that extra dimension of really really quality imagery that we have that others don't. Yeah. Um, that allowed me to pick the right spots. All right, guys, unfortunately, seasons are starting to come to an end all across the country, and a lot of people start to lose hope at this point in the year. But here's a couple tips and tricks that just may help you find success in the late season. Number one, watch the weather. If you have a good snowfall out there, you need to be out there glassing or walking the woods, looking for fresh tracks of the big bull or the buck that you've been after all season long. Get up on a glassing hill and scan the opposing ridge lines with the spotting scope. Figure out where the animals are moving. There's no better way to know animal behavior than going and finding fresh tracks the day after a snow. Also, don't be scared to get aggressive in the late season. At this point in the year, if you blow an area out, you've got nine months before you'll be back in there. So push the limits just a little bit more. Step outside your comfort zone. If you're looking for those extra tools to help you find success in the late season, check out what's new from Vortex at vortexoptics.com and head to your favorite Vortex dealer to make sure you're ready for everything fall can throw at you. Dang. That is... Yeah, that's That's a season, man. That is a season. (laughs) Yeah. His taxidermy bill is pretty high this year, I think. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> you have to do a roof expansion, yeah, right? <laughs> Dang, man. That sounds sweet. Well, and then in hearing that, like just the, the e-scouting side of it, I feel like it'd be a sweet app. Even if you weren't hunting someone's property, if you could just gain access to a chunk of public land by, you know, like yeah. you lease out their land and then you walk through it and you get to a better spot on pri- or you yeah. lease the private land to get to a better spot on public. I'm like, my, my wheels are just turning. How do oh, yeah. you use this? <laughs> yeah. And, and actually like a lot of our big game properties, you know, they're a big chunk of ground. We have anything from, you know, whatever it be 500 acres to, you know, 10,000 acres, but some of them 
will have, you know, say 1500 acres of private, and then you got a bunch of landlocked BLM or landlocked forest service that you can get to. So it's, you know, it's really a lot bigger than that, but they're paying a lot smaller fee to get into that access for the whole thing. So it works that way too. And, and the app, which is kind of David's baby there is, is pretty sweet for finding those access points as well. So. Yeah, the mapping software, like you were talking about, that's, I mean, the map is a good map. I was expecting like this crappy Google Earth and or, like, <laughs> yeah. deal, but I mean, it really put me right where I needed to be. And, you know, coming from out of state, I, I pulled into Colorado yesterday and I'm like, shoot, man, I'm laying in bed at like 1130 buying my tags. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing that. I'm looking at where it is and I'm like, it's GPS coordinates. Like it's not an address, but it put me right at the front where I needed to be. So, I mean, yeah. the map side of it, you knocked it out of the park with that. No, thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we, when we started, it started mostly as uh, upland hunting. So, you know, we wanted to be able to provide value year round. So with the e-scouting, you know, even if, you know, it's in the spring and you're on a spring bear hunt, something like that, you know, even if we're not offering that at the current time, you can still get value out of your membership using those tools and using the mapping features. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun building and just a lot of fun getting feedback from our users, you know, using it that way. So, Dang. Wow. I'm, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm going to be <laughs> talking to all my buddies about this when I go back <laughs> yeah. because I've always been that guy. You know, I go door to door knocking on and, Okay, so I've talked about this on the podcast before, but if you guys don't know, you need to add a feature where you can, like, pay hot chicks to come with you to get access <laughs> to places because that's, that's what i've idea. done my <laughs> wife came with me and she knocked on two doors and i've been very unsuccessful in getting permission to hunt on properties yeah and one day i was like hey do you want to come hunting we were going rabbit hunting and so i'm like that seems like a fairly easy thing yeah. to get access to and so we go to two different houses my wife is all dolled up she's got her camo and her face paint that she doesn't need for for rabbit <laughs> yeah. hunting and the first house they're like oh come on in sit down you want a cup of coffee yeah by the end of it i wanted one day of permission for rabbit hunting they're like whatever you want to come back and hunt we got geese on the <laughs> pond down here there's coyotes there's deer anytime you just stop by and let us know second house the exact same thing i'm like i'm gonna offer that as a service <laughs> right and i'll just <laughs> keep that idea. running in states that you guys aren't operating in yet and then yeah, as yeah. you guys show up you can you can take over now now the hood rat version of that is my fiance is probably going to kill me for saying this but what we uh what we used to do in college to get turkey hunting spots in nebraska is that was when tinder just really became a thing so we would just go through <laughs> two days before we'd, we'd get there early we'd be doing our school we're finishing up in our car and we would just be swiping right on every single person we could find and just looking for the farm and pictures and, <laughs> and we're like, we're like we'll gladly take her out for a good a, a good dinner like that that's well worth it if it you know if, if we can get on a, a little turkey hunt in the the next day and then it's, it's good out it's like ah you know i'd love to prolong this but uh you know, we got to go hunt your dad's land in the morning. And <laughs> Maybe we need a partnership with Farmers Only or something. Yeah, <laughs> right. Farmers Only. Oh, that'd be perfect. Put a little tab in the bottom. You can swipe. <laughs> Dude, I love that. My buddy Hunter, he, he's got a TikTok account that's doing pretty well. And I saw a video that he posted the other day. He's like, guys, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm slammed. I, I started catfishing dudes 
with hunting property as a chick <laughs> and I keep telling them like, oh, hey, you should come hunt my property. So now I've got five dudes all meeting together at this one property and I'm going to go hunt their property because I know they're not going to be out there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Redneck engineering at its finest it right really there. Is, yeah. I don't know Using how illegal that is. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you can catfish people, right? I, mean, I think I it's a, I don't know if there's a law against it. It's just frowned upon. Yeah. yeah. It's more of a guideline than a rule. But hey, if you get a big buck out of it, who cares? <laughs> right? Yeah, they're never going to know. Man. <laughs> out the back you didn't think you were going to get a lot of new business ideas yeah right me out to yeah. hunt that yeah was great you guys take a note on the app but that you know, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get right on <laughs> yeah. that yeah. 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 move that to the top of the priority list I guess. <laughs> and then you branch out into only farmers yeah. i mean it's yeah. just gonna yeah. go wild yeah we're good it's gonna be great yeah, yeah. <laughs> well the hunt out here today was fun we had the worst weather conditions just yeah. bluebird skies but who saw the who saw the deer bust through the fence? Oh yeah, we were walking in. I turned around and it freaking ripped right through. The, we probably should call the call the landowner and tell him that his fence is busted. Yeah, a little white tailed buck was pretty uh pretty fired up. I guess just running. I mean, the <laughs> rut's about to kick yeah. off. I don't know what time the rut hits here for white tail. I know in the Midwest, it's, like late October, early November is killer. Yeah, it's about the same here. You know, it's the mule deer are typically a little later, but those white tail start to see them getting a little fired up right about now. Yeah. So, what uh, what are you guys hunting after this? I mean, you guys are from all over the place. You're from Wyoming, right? That's where so, I live now. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. grew up in Colorado, but I moved up there a couple years ago, and and that's actually where our our company is now based out of is Casper, Wyoming. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I, I've pretty much tagged out on everything except I have, I guess I still have an antelope tag, so I'll I'll shoot that. I'll go try to get mine this weekend if I uh, if I can talk the lady into. Letting me uh, add more meat to the freezer. <laughs> You're gonna need a new freezer. <laughs> yeah, I'll need freezer number four. Yeah. <laughs> how does how does that feel tagging out and knowing that you don't have a ton of like big game tags left? Because that's always bittersweet for me. I shot I shot a buck in Missouri. Well, I can only shoot one during early archery, and then I can't shoot a second one until rifle season. Mm-hmm. And so it's always like, yes, I got one, but then I'm like, oh crap, like I can't hunt now for a yeah, month. Right. <laughs> No, it's it's definitely depressing, but uh, uh, I, I always have to remind myself each year I, I never actually have enough time to hunt as much as I want. So like it, like I really only have like one or two days. So if I didn't do it, then I just would probably end up not not even filming. Oh, yeah. So I just have to rewind and be like, no, you really didn't have time anyways to keep hunting. Like just be happy and uh, <laughs> and everybody here probably would have punched you if you said you were unhappy with filling all those tags. Yeah, exactly. We were all <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah. man, I yeah. would take any one of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and no, I was pretty thrilled with it. But yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I take that back. I also have a Nebraska deer hunt in December. Oh yeah, you're going out there. Yeah, yeah. So. I got a couple couple deer hunts left. I got a late season cow tag, but again, I don't have any room in the freezer. So oh, and I have a cow tag too. I don't know. If, I don't know if that one will be. I won't put much of an effort into that one. I don't think so. Um, otherwise, I'll be like him. Be calling him. We'll be split, going in double on a freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so. the the fact that you guys are talking about freezer space, we're in we're in that motorhome full time now, yeah. and I mean we've got like a one square foot or yeah. one cubic foot freezer, yeah. and so now when I shoot stuff, I have to bring it back to Missouri, dump it off in my chest freezer, and yeah. then just load up whatever I can eat yeah. for like the week or whatever. Yeah, that's oh, not a geez. bad thing though. No, it's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. What about you? 
Come back up here, man. We're about to dig a pit just in that field there. Be back here for uh, for goose season when that opens up, and I'll get back in these blinds. You know, get some revenge when we get a little better weather. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real. We had a, we had a couple of good volleys. We mm -hmm. dropped one early. I mean, yeah. we were watching birds, and with the clear skies, they were just flying so they high today. And then, <laughs> out of nowhere, this green wing teal just bombs in in our face. It happened so fast that. We didn't even pull our guns up. I mean, we just <laughs> saw it in the decoys and waited for it to kick up and yeah. blasted it. But when is uh, when does goose really open up? Because I feel like it's kind of late right now. Normally, when I'm out here this time of year, I see geese everywhere. Right, yeah, it's it's soon, yeah. I think it's the 31st, right? Yeah, it's October 31st, right. so uh, a week from today, a week from yeah. yesterday. Getting the so, pit dug next week and yeah, it'll be get the lids in there. Yeah, this spot kills. Yeah. It should be really good. Yeah. Dude, pit hunting out here is insane. Yeah. And that's, again, like I don't want to give too much away, but the front range of Colorado, holy cow. Yeah, and especially yeah, you can the find waterfowl some, mecca here. Yeah, you can find a place that there's just not a lot of, you know, can't just ask anybody to go have them dig a pit in, your, in their field. So um, it's definitely an advantage. Oh, yeah. I, I always hesitate to say how good a place is. I mean, back to the app and talking about that, because I'm like, they're going to dig a pit for the blind and one for me if I tell everybody how <laughs> yeah, good the exactly. goose hunting is out here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's sweet. Yeah, I'm heading out uh, two days. Um, I'm heading up in elk hunting, and I'm so pumped. Oh, yeah. I'm ready to roll. I we always call each other and we're like, Hey guys, no more Mondays, no more Mondays. <laughs> we're almost there. Yeah. And so we'll be rolling out with a good group of guys. We've got guys coming from Iowa and Nebraska and me from Missouri. I mean, we go out and do it right. Yeah. And most guys are just like, dude, if we don't shoot anything and we just hang out and drink without <laughs> anybody else around, yeah. we're all about it. I mean, that's a rifle on right there, right? Well, <laughs> An elk, elk on up there. It's, you guys got good snow too. It should be good. Yeah. They got, almost I, a foot of snow up there so dang yeah i'm excited for that it's gonna be it's gonna be a killer year i mean those guys saw like 1500 elk last year they walked away with multiple bulls multiple cows and they said there's a big one that if he survives yeah he's gonna be 400 inches this year and so dang. wow that's who i've got my eyes set yeah. their sight set on <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. we always joke me and my buddy sean it's like you better be faster than me, man, because yeah. I'm not waiting. It doesn't <laughs> no. matter whose turn it is. Like, yep. yeah, you see that first person pull the trigger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for real. And then you need a buddy on backup too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we so the last bull that I shot, um, it was kind of that situation where I thought I was the last, or like I didn't think I was going to get to shoot because I had shot one recently. You dropped to the bottom of the totem pole, and and so I ranged it, told my buddy, and he shot. And we were watching, like, trying to see impact. And then the other guy shot, and they're like, it's your turn. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's my turn. <laughs> and I was like, I just shot one last year. And they're like, we both shot. It's your turn. Well, I ended up shooting, and then the other guy shot. And, I mean, it was kind of a shit show. But <laughs> we thought he killed it because when he shot his second shot, it dropped. Yeah. And we go down there. He takes pictures with it. And, I mean, everyone's celebrating, like, high-fiving. We go to quarter it and we start like just peeling away the cape and my knife just clinks on something metal and I'm like, oh, hey, check this out. I found the bullet. Well, as soon as I saw it, I was like, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but this isn't your bull. <laughs> and he was shooting a 338 Lapua. Yeah. The other guy was shooting a 300 Win Mag. I was shooting a 6.5 Creedmoor. Yeah. And it was like 
the Cinderella deal, right? They, yeah. Everyone pulls out their casings and we yeah. slide them in and it was just a perfect match for mine. And so then where I'm like trying to hold the cape up, get a picture with it, yeah. I ended up Photoshopping my face on his yeah, body there you go. and it all worked out. But yeah, yeah it's going to be, it's going to be a good year and I'm pumped and yeah, I appreciate you guys having me out here for this hunt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for coming, for coming out. out. One more question uh, before we wrap this up. Bucket list hunts. I always ask this to my guests. Where, what species, and what weapon? Sam, you're up. Uh, well, I, I attempted my bucket list hunt last year and was unsuccessful, so I need revenge on that one. That's an Alaskan moose hunt. Um, a, uh, so I did it last year, and I, I want to do it exactly the same, but just with a different result um just chartered a uh, chartered a, a bush plane only i want to fly in myself because i'm uh, have a pilot's license too but dropped off a drop me and my dad off and a family friend with a raft and floated 140 miles oh my um, gosh just diy and trying to call in moose just didn't call in one that was uh, legally big enough so it was a hell of an adventure, and I want to do that again to actually be successful. So that's my dream. Hunt. I need to sit down. I've got sweatpants on, and <laughs> yeah. you started talking about that. I'm getting <laughs> excited. Yeah, that is that's the dream hunt right there. Yeah, like you kind of stole my thunder on that one. <laughs> um, I also would love to go up. I was just in Alaska fishing last month, and I think going back up there, I'd love to go chase some caribou up there too with a bow. Would be pretty fun. Getting a big migration event sounds like a, a pretty good time. You know, just getting way back there. Alaska is like. I mean, I don't know who doesn't have it on their bucket list because yeah. it's a pretty incredible place. So Yeah, I feel like the archery moose hunt in Alaska is number one for the majority of the people that hop on the podcast. Yeah. I get New Zealand red stag quite a bit, Yeah, um, but by and, by and large, it's moose. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've always done, uh, done rifle hunting for elk and mule deer out at our uh, property in Oregon, but really want to, starting to get more into it, really want to get into bow hunting and um just uh you know doing it more and often with my dad and you know we're both gonna kind of get bows and gonna try our luck at that but bull elk with the bow i think would be be pretty sweet for me yeah that'd be sweet yeah. <laughs> what's, what's i, I keep hearing it it's moose with the bow yeah yeah moose or grizzly i'm always back and forth but i think i i typically settle on moose because moose meat is so good it's, yeah. i mean fresh moose like when my buddy killed his we cut up the heart and the tongue that night fried it up had and had ted derloids <clears throat> excuse me the next night and it was some of the best meat i've ever eaten yeah and so to think yeah. i can moose I, is the best and they're way bigger in alaska too oh, so yeah, you get huge. so much more <laughs> meat giant. yeah so yeah like for a reference they're the minimum spread for a non-resident they have to be 50 inches wide Jeez. um for reference i had a buddy shoot a 49 inch um moose in colorado last year and it was boone and crockett just because the different yeah. species so a boone and crockett um you know colorado wyoming you know lower 48 type moose isn't even legal to shoot in alaska yeah. oh my goodness and their bodies are just giant i talked to a guy he said he shot a huge one up there this year and they had to cut the hind quarter into thirds just to get it out it's like yeah they're just they don't even look real up there <laughs> like, yeah it's stupid. well i see the videos of people posting uh like just driving down the road and the moose is walking and i'm like that's that's not a moose like that's i've seen moose yeah. they're not that big <laughs> yeah. but yeah up there they just grow to different levels yeah. and and then the terrain i mean that's always one thing that i enjoy is going to different locations and hunting and so it's like if i hunt the same species when i came out here and waterfowl hunted when we lived here I'm like looking at the Rocky Mountains shooting birds. I'm like, this 
beats the shit out of anything I hunt back. Yeah. You know, I see some trees and a lake maybe <laughs> where I hunt back there. But, yeah, seeing the Rockies and then you multiply that by a 1,000 and you're in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the raft in or the fly in, float out, moose hunt. And people don't realize how cheap tags are. I mean, yeah. in comparison, you draw a moose tag here and it's $2,400 for a non-resident. The Alaskan moose tags are like what a thousand dollars or twelve hundred? Uh, eight hundred. I think eight hundred. Oh my yeah. gosh! So I think all in for flying there, my tags, um, raft rental, all, all the other, like all the other crap is under four grand all in. Which which by the oh time you buy gosh. preference points for thirty years to draw and then pay the out of state to then shoot a smaller moose, that that's how I justified it to myself. Oh yeah. yeah. I tell I tell my wife that all the time. I'm like, by the time I actually draw, I'm gonna be three grand deep in preference points because they bumped that up for non residents to a hundred apiece. Yeah. And so like right now for mountain goat, bighorn and moose, it's three hundred dollars just for those. And then yeah, you pay $2,400, so now I'm at $5,400. i got to travel out here. The tag, I'm like, I'm just, just go going to Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I still put in for yeah. moose here because <laughs> yeah, I, do, I'd shoot but... moose in any state they let me, but yeah. Alaska is the way to go. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate you guys hopping on. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, this was a good hunt. Hopefully we can do more of them in the future. And I will say, if you guys get properties in Alaska – just don't post them and we can just keep that our <laughs> we'll secret call, and we'll man. we'll get all the access to it. I, yeah. I do actually have a guy that's wants to post on there so we'll have to talk oh. offline yeah <laughs> get, get the first one in there right yeah. right over by steve Ranello's place in alaska so oh, my buddy sent me a listing it was a fish shack like that in southeast alaska and he's like dude you should buy this and i'm like who do you think i am man like, <laughs> i'm nobody yeah. like i can't just buy an alaskan property yeah. trust me i would have already done it yeah, but exactly. yeah that'd be sweet man yeah yeah, yeah maybe cool. maybe plan that maybe do the next podcast from up there oh dude yep i gotta sit farther down now <laughs> <laughs> well sweet thanks cool. guys yeah, and thank uh, you let's get after it again cool awesome okay. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. If you've gotten this far in the show and you haven't downloaded the app, you should probably hop on and do that because it really is a cool tool for anybody who's looking, I mean, even to just get out for a day and maybe you live in a state, you got a buddy coming to hunt with you and he's really looking forward to going out on a waterfowl hunt and you're like, crap, man, I got to get a property. Instead of going and knocking on all these doors, go on and see what day use places are right there on the app that you can go to and uh, it's something that I will definitely be using and encouraging all of my buddies back home to look into especially on their out-of-state hunts going out for two weeks at a time you know if you can find a good property that's got a proven track record that these guys have already done the research on to make sure that the animals are there and it's got a sustainable population and it's going to be beneficial for you to do a day lease or a short-term lease I think I think there's very few tools in a hunter's arsenal that is as beneficial as that. And so, uh, anyways, I'm looking forward to hunting with these guys more in the future and using the app, but I've got to go because I'm about to head out for my elk hunt and I've got a few more things to pack up, but I had to get this edited before so I can completely focus on the hunt when I'm out there. So until next time, get out there and chase a new adventure.